see the icebox from that, from another instance, you'll have the real connections, and then you'll help the public iceberg. And I'm gonna keep sharing the spooky scary stories for Reader's Digest. And I think I found the spot where I left off from last time. And so before I begin, I want to share the idea, the idea about changing the podcast name to uh, Paranormal Popcorn or Paranormal uh, Ghost Stories. Um, let me know what you guys think because uh, I just been telling the stories lately in the running of this topic. And the other one, I was to hunt some real connections for, for an interview. Let me know what you guys think. That'll be a great idea. Water break time. <coughs> and uh, I believe this is where I left off. And the title is The Boy with No Eyes. One night when I was 10 years old, I was awoken with my bedroom door open, followed by someone sitting on my bed. The Reddit user came in for recalls my childhood brush with a very persistent ghostly apparition. And so I felt my leg raised and a bed sink under a person's weight. It's just mom I thought when I opened my eyes. It was my it was not it was not my mom as I thought it would be. So uh, I found an eyeless boy. He had black empty sockets about my sitting at the foot of my bed. He extended his hand and in his was a little box. I, I was started I was startled. But reached out. He pulled back. I reached uh, out of him and said, Give it. Then I blinked. And when I reopened my eyes, he was gone. But I could still see the imprint where he had stopped on my bed. And so, fast forward five years. My girlfriend came over to do, to do some homework. After she finished, she took a nap while she waited for her parents. When they arrived, I tried waking her up. She opened her eyes suddenly, looking up, looking up at a corner where the wall met the ceiling. She pointed there and went back to sleep. So, so I took her again. She came to full consciousness, and I explained what she done. She looked haunted. Up on the wall, I saw a little boy with no eyes. He was there in a Spider-Man pose, staring at me. I freaked out and told her my story about the same kid. Fast forward to another five years, I was with the same girlfriend, and we had a two-year-old. We were living in my parents' house in my old room. My daughter's 
started waking up at the same time every night. And she talked. After a while, I noticed she had almost the same conversation every night. I playfully asked her once who she was talking to. She said, it's a little boy. He's nice. He's lost. And look, <coughs> looking for his mommy. My daughter's nightly conversation continued until we got our own place later that year. I talked about the uh, Creepy Island stories reminding me of a black island kid. Never know if that's related or not. Alright. That's what came to mind when I read that story. Anyway. <clears throat> the next story is called The Red Lady of Huntington College. Here is the story. It dates back to 1910. But almost any student at Huntington College in Montgomery, Alabama should recognize it. That's because the events that led up to it are said to have actually happened. As the story goes, in 1910, a young woman who was new to the school was known for her love of the color red. Sadly, she was also known for being strange and a loner. Quote unquote. As the first terms got underway, the young woman grew increasingly isolated. Eventually, she took her life by slashing her wrist. Her body was discovered in a red gown, drenched in her blood. From then, from then on, students at that city have been reported sighting of a young woman dressed all in red. She appeared all around the college campus and the fear dwelling in a perpetual isolation is often cited as a reminder of the importance of being kind to one's peers. Talk about Bloody Mary, you see, that is sent to mind. Alright, let's dive into the next story. The Ashley Street Ghost. Also, in Huntington Hollis is one of many haunted houses in America. Each with its own ghost stories, if you will. The next true tale comes from the University of Michigan in Ann Harbor. So it goes. Rumors has it that the haunting had the haunting happened in nineteen seventy two. That's the year I was born. Okay. Anyway, at a party hosted by University of Michigan students living on Ashley Street. Uh, Ashley Street. Alright, and so, a 15-year-old who probably had uh, no business being there in the first place suddenly felt a strange, bone-chilling cold, according to Mystic Daily. In an attempt to warm up, he went upstairs because heat rises, we guess. That's when things really went awry. One of the walls of the house started moving, 
Newman and a black shadow approached his room. Meanwhile, there's downstairs posters were spontaneously popping off the walls and falling into a thrown pile on the floor. So there's no wonder Matt downstairs where she found herself saying these strange words. Regrets and addiction were my fault. And I am responsible and I accept responsibility for for that and but I was not that way deep down inside. And so I want to apologize to everyone involved for what I've done. What made those words and the stranger was that the thrill did not regret let alone have an an addiction. Alright, so her words didn't seem all that strange to the students who lived in the house. Before they moved in, the house had been inhabited by a man with very serious addiction. The reason he no longer lived there, he had died of a hearing heroin overdose. Has the result of Ashley Street made any more appearances? That still remains a mystery. Alright, moving on. Grab some water. Sorry for the noise. Okay. <coughs> <Hey. coughs> the ghost of Frederick Jordan. This real life ghost story concerned a man named Frederick Jordan who held one of the most lonely and desolate jobs in existence. Jordan was the lighthouse keeper for Painsville Reef Lighthouse, the yeah, lighthouse, off the coast of Fairfield, Connecticut. So, built in 1874, the lighthouse was primarily a way of warning ships of a treacherous hidden reef responsible for more than its fair, <coughs> fair share of harbor accidents. In 1916, Frederick Jordan was the head lighthouse keeper, and tragically he drowned in a boating accident just before Christmas in 1916, when he was caught in a gale uh, while rowing home to see his family. And so ever since then, the lighting and equipment and malfunctions in the lighthouse has been blamed on the Jordan's spiritual presence. But even more chilling is that keepers of the Pennsylvania Reef Lighthouse often find a lighthouse logbook open to the day Jordan died. And locals have recounted witnessing an unidentified figure that has appeared on the water to help stray boats find their way safely near the reef. Alright, let's move on to the next story. You have time for another one. 
I read it all way. Okay. This one's called The Ghost of Hamsterplay. I'm sorry. The Ghost of Cain to play. Alright. Yeah, The Ghost of Cain to play. This true ghost story might strike you as more awe and eat, but only until you consider that we really have no idea of what our four ladies friends can sense that we cannot handle see those related and hats. I like to say yes. Well, there are plenty of dogs out there including veterinarians who will attest with that but there's a lot of documentation that can support the notion that dogs can sense paranormal activity as the um I'm gonna what's her name Jesus a remedy sorry if I did be a DVM a senior veterinarian for a two week and then, and then there was the fact that the story came to read a reader's digest directly from a well-known psychic medium, Christy Ramley, who has a strong reason for using her ghost whispering skills to help detectives solve compounding cases. I wish I should do that one day, I'm also reading. <laughs> Anyway, Riley settled onto her side of the bed and patted Jack's pillow beside her. Robin told Reader Sizes, A year has gone by, by, uh, Marlene was still adjusting to widowhood. I can relate. <laughs> Maybe it was crazy to think that 40 years of marriage she would ever adjust. Elmer and his older receivers seem to uh, understand this from the very first. That whole moonless night when Marianne returned alone from the hospital, Elmer did something he'd never done before. He jumped up into the side of the bed and laid his head on that pillow. And so, Jack would never have allowed it, Robin pointed out, but Maria didn't shoo him off. Instead, she lay down beside Elmo and let her peaceful sound of his snoring fall, uh, lure, I'm sorry, lure her to sleep. The next night was the same, and night after that. And so, over the past year, it has grown to point into a, a company routine, but not tonight. Tonight was the first time Elmer had left Marlene alone in the bed since Jack's passing. By hearing nails clicking on the wood floor downstairs, Marlene recognized the sound of Elmer requesting outside. With the sigh, Marley made her way downstairs to the foyer. But Elmo wasn't pacing in front of the big oak door. Rather, he was dancing and wiping 
by whistling about just like he used to do when Jack would come home from work. Ooh, I just got chills. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's more. To Marley, it felt as if Jack had just come home and the remnant was known for her uh, remarkable admission about these things. At least that in me, that's what happened. I have, I have time for one more and then I'm gonna break here. <laughs> this is rather long, so I'm gonna end it with this one. The Lost Colony Run-Up The Run-Up Colony was one of the first European settlements in the United States located on the island of the coast and what is now the state of North Carolina. The colony was established in 1587 under the auspices of the first Queen Elizabeth. Soon after, the colony's leader, John White, returned to England. From where the set was tamed, his trip was meant to be free. He was only meant to grab supplies and return to the New World, but political upheaval prevented White from returning until 1519. It was only three years, but a lot had ha- has happened in change when John White returned. So in fact, the entire colony consisting at the time of 115 people, including a newborn baby by the name of Virginia there were gone. Just up and vanished. All that was left was a post, a, a post unto the word go to had been hard. Crow to refer to the name of it. Native tribe that had been on a good terms with the settlers. So White thought the colonists had moved across this island, now known as the Hatteras, North Carolina. But they are not. They are not. It remains one of the most famous disappearances that no one can explain. Once more. There never been any evidence to suggest the colony was massacred. And so, many believe that baby Virginia grew into a young woman who eventually fell into dim love, dim love affair with a native warrior by the name of Osiso. To this day, he hosts the woods in search of her man, often in the form of a mispenious white deer, one that always vanishes at dawn. According to Encyclopedia, a state encyclopedia maintained by the North Carolina government and the Heritage Library. Longtime residents of the island have no doubt that the identity of, of the phantom deer is itself of Virginia there. So finally, if you're itching 
important explanation to how an entire colony could just plain that disappear for that alone. Never know. What's that other colony? The, the man also had that happen. So, uh, maybe it's happening again. On the positive side, it's one of a handful of mysteries that could be solved within the next decade. So I hope you all enjoy your days. So, uh, two of the creepy ghost stories, or I should say, collective ghost stories, and uh, I will pick up where I left them here. The next story will be the princess in the tower. Alright, so that will be the next one. And, uh, we'll go from there. And I will see you guys on Wednesday evening where I'll interview another great guest. Um, her name is also like my Nicole. And, uh, she's also a fellow medium and everything like that. So, Make sure you bring your questions because there will be live on your chat on Paranormal Key Radio uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Time and 10 Eastern. So, um, hopefully I'll see you there and have a great day.